Ladies and gentlemen, this week I speak on behalf of Mr. Bennett and the rest of the community in sending our well wishes to Mr. Elrod, who at the end of this show will suffer from a severe case of foot in mouth. Thoughts and prayers, Mr. Elrod. Join us to see why this week on Convince Me. Welcome in, everybody, once again. This is Convince Me. As always, I am Andy Rutherford, joined by Mr. Brian Bennett, Mr. Casey Elrod. Gentlemen, how goes it? You know, Rutt, if I can make a living off of all your falsehoods and all your lies on this show, I'd be a millionaire in a day or two. You'd have about true fitty. <laughs> Awful confident over there about tonight. I see. Very. I don't have anything catchy or funny to say. <laughs> That's okay. Norod doesn't either, and he still talks. Uh, welcome in, everybody. We're glad to have you back. We are a day late, but never a dollar short. Uh, appreciate you guys stopping in. Uh, tonight's show, or this week's show, is going to be really fun for me. Uh, but we'll get into that more in just a minute. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. It is the weekly shill. Make sure you guys are following us on all of our socials. Probably our most active page would be our Facebook page, facebook.com slash convince me show. Uh, drop in over there. Leave us comments uh, on our posts. Let us know some show ideas. I actually heard a great show idea from a listener this weekend. Uh, I've discussed it with Ben, and I don't think I've brought it up to Elrod yet, but it's something that we will definitely have coming down the line. What do you want to hear us do? Pop on over to Facebook, comment on our posts, let us know what you want to hear. You can also find us over on Twitter at Convince Me Show. Occasionally, we just throw the show completely to you guys. Uh, we'll get put up a poll. Let you guys pick what that week's topic is going to be. We need to do another one of those soon, by the way, gentlemen. Uh, but when we do that, those polls will be found over on Twitter. Again, at Convince Me Show. We're also on the gram. Convince Me Show over there as well. If you're going to follow us on Facebook, you're going to follow us on Twitter. You might as well follow us on Instagram as well. And, of course, uh, kind of our coup de grace, that would be our YouTube page, tinyurl.com slash convince me show. We have one very much watched video. We want you to go over there and watch the rest of them. Again, make sure you're liking those, subscribing, commenting uh, on our videos. Let us know your thoughts on what it is uh, we're talking about. Again, you can let us know your show ideas there. We do look at the comments. Uh, we ignore 99% of them, but we look at them. Uh, so make sure you're with us over there uh, on YouTube as well. So that'll do it for the weekly shield. Now it's showtime, boys. And uh, just so our audience kind of knows where this topic is coming from, um, this topic is coming from a text message conversation between the three of us several days ago where Mr. Elrod, as he is known to do uh, in the years of knowing each other, almost said friendship, but that might be pushing it. Um, That's pushing it. Yeah. Pushing it. He, uh, Mr. Elrod sometimes makes pretty blanket, bold statements with a lot of confidence. Uh, 
And the great thing about the show is now we can force him to back those up. Um, so Elrod, why, why don't you tell the fine people what it is we're talking about this week? Well, it's a very simple topic. It has to do with country music. Who is better? Clint Black or Clay Walker? We're bringing it back to late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, and selling this score. And I'm going to convince everybody, including Bennett, that this is no, this is no contest. It's got to be Clay Walker. But it should be a good show. Bennett, what are your thoughts going into this matchup? Well, my, my thing is, you know, I'm, I was the one that brought it up. I don't know what made me think of this, but I like – I like country music, especially from the 80s and 90s. That's what I still listen to a lot today. And I got to thinking about some of the similarities that these two have and maybe even some of the things that separate them. So I was thinking, you know, I like them both equally, but which one is better? So I figured I'd let you guys make my decision for me. So it's going to come down to, you know, who can separate themselves from the other one. All right. Well, gentlemen, let, let's hop right into it. Uh, Bennett, how are we determining uh, who goes first and whatnot this week? Yeah, so I figured it would be fair to have a, a coin toss question that involved both of these. So my question for y'all is this. I want to know, combined between Clint Black and Clay Walker, how many number one hits – do they have combined and for the win and to make it uh, fair? I'm going to go with closest without going over. And if you both go over, then obviously it'll be closest. All right. I've got it. All right. Showing that confidence like he always does. All right. Let's go. All right. Ready? 19. 28. Well, neither of you got it right, so uh, no, I'm kidding. It's 19. There we go. <laughs> Rod was on his Google machine. I saw him. <laughs> All right, so Elrod, did you look? You must have looked this up before. I did. I, I will admit, I, earlier today, I did look that up. Well, you were completely reading my mind then. I'm not going to give away who has what. We'll save that for the show. But Elrod, since you did win the coin toss, I'm going to let you. Have the luxury of the side if you want. You want to go first. I'll go first. All right. Well, uh, give me your opening. Tell me why Clay Walker is the better man than Clint Black. I'll say two things to start off this show. I'm not going to talk smack about Clint Black tonight on this show. I'm not going to talk about how his finest moment came from the movie Maverick, where he's thrown off a riverboat because he got uh, caught gambling. I'm not going to talk about that. All joking aside, here's what I want you to focus on tonight, Bennett. Clint Blatt's got more number one hits. He's got more top 100 hits. He's got more albums. I admit that out of the gate. He's going to be talking about this all night long. My Clint, Clay Walker, we'll talk more about this now, had the misfortune of having a somewhat terminal illness that he has lived with. That kind of threw a monkey wrench in his success. We'll talk more about that tonight. 
But one thing that I want to start off this show by saying tonight is this. <laughs> is this right here. This is, this is a sentence that probably has never been spoken in human history. Clay Walker, the Spice Girls, and George Michael. What do they all have in common? They have this in common. Clay Walker's first four hits that he put on radio all went number one. Those artists also hold that title, too. If you look at consecutive number one hits, let me pull up this list because it's important. Elvis Presley and the Rolling Stones are the only two artists that have more consecutive number one hits than Clay Walker in their respective genres. They got five apiece, five consecutive number one hits. Clay Walker started off his career with four straight number one hits. Not even Andy Rutherford's godlike country music star Garth Brooks can even say that. So that aside, I've told you the pitfalls that Rutt's going to try to lay them out about oh, all these more hits, more number one hits. But focus on what really matters. Look at quality over quantity. So what we're saying is Clay Walker's the third greatest artist of all time. Yes. Okay. Just making sure that's what I was getting off of. Okay. All right, Rudd. I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell me why you think that Clint Black is better than Clay Walker. Well, I think Elrod buried his own lead and he didn't even mean to. Here's the thing. This isn't about popularity. If you're asking who I like the best between these two gentlemen when I was a kid, Clint Black. To be completely open and transparent my earliest memories of of music and what i liked of course everybody knows i'm a garth fan but in my earliest memories of being a kid clint black was right there with him uh crazy as that is this thing but as i've gotten older you ask me now as a 33 year old guy i probably like clay walker a little better but elrod's theory was that clay walker was hands down the best he was bigger than clint black was which is just simply not true here's the thing clint black at the turn of the decade from the 80s to the 90s was just as big if not bigger than anybody else and he went on to have a sustained career uh with roadblocks in his way but still went on to become a grammy award winner Multiple ACM, CMAs, AMA awards. He's a member of the Grand Ole Opry. His debut album went number one. Um, and his debut single off that album went to number one. It was the first time that had happened in 14 years. He has 22 number ones across North America, between the U.S. and Canada, uh, which is kind of why I was thrown off on my number in your tiebreaker. Uh, but he does, if you count it that way, he's got 22 number ones, and Mr. Elrod needs to realize that his big point about Clint, uh, about Clay Walker had – Four straight number one straight out of the gate. So did Clint Black. 
all off the same album. His first four singles hit number one. Uh, and Clint Black is one of only the fourth ever and one of only a handful of country music artists that has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame because he was that big of a deal. Uh, and tonight I'm going to show you why. Clay Walker is great. Clay Walker is fantastic. But Clint Black was a bigger star. Clint Black was a better star. And I will tell you, Mr. Bennett, and the rest of our audience exactly why that is right after this. And we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Bennett, we, we've gone through opening arguments. Where are we headed next? Yeah, I'm going to start off with you. Um, both these guys, I'm pretty familiar with their career and their music and some of the work they've done. But admittedly, I probably don't know so much about how they got started and, you know, kind of how they broke out. So we're going to start there. We're going to talk a little bit about you know, how they get their big start in country music, what they do before, you know, what was their uh, their breakout single or maybe their breakout moment. So we'll start there and I'll start with you, Rhett. Sure. Clint Black uh, grew up in Texas uh, and actually had a band with, he's got three brothers and the four of them formed a band uh, when he was a kid and they went, they performed at, you know, small performances in and around the town they lived in. Um, and he, he caught the bug. Uh, he taught himself how to play harmonica at a really young age. By the time he was 15, he picked up and learned to play the guitar. Uh, and actually at one point did something that a lot of people thought was probably crazy. Clint Black dropped out of high school to pursue his musical career. Uh, he ended up moving to Nashville and became a lounge singer uh, and played the local bars and kind of got in rotation there. Uh, then he met uh, a guy that he would go on to have a long lasting songwriting relationship. And then things really started picking up and uh, he was signed by RCA records who were aggressively signing new artists at that time. Uh, and they put out, and I'll go more into detail on this later, but his first, his debut album came out in 1989 called Killing Time. Uh, and it came out with the first single, which was A Better Man. His debut single of A Better Man went to number one. Like I said in my opening, that was the first time in 14 years at that point. First time since 1975 uh, that that had happened, that his debut single went to number one. Uh, that year, because of the success of that, because of the success of the other songs that came off that album, uh, he won the CMA Horizon Award, which is Best New Artist Award in 1989. Uh, and he had some pretty stiff competition in that category. He won that award over Patty Loveless over Shenandoah and over Keith Whitley, uh, who Keith Whitley, you know, is a pretty big name in the country music scene, maybe slightly uh, because of his death, kind of made his name a little bigger, but still a big name, still a big win. Also in ACMs that year, he won single of the year, top male vocalist of the year, top new male vocalist and album of the year, all based off his first rookie album there. So pretty Pretty quick, strong, hard breakout there. Yeah, anytime you beat out uh, Patty Loveless, Keith Whitley, and Shenandoah, I mean, yeah. 
you're already setting yourself up for Hall of Fame right exactly. there. Exactly. It's pretty good. All right. I probably knew more about Clint Black's um, how he got started than Clay Walker. So, Elrod, I really need you to educate me a little bit about Clay Walker and how he got started and how he became a huge country music star. Ernest Clayton Walker Jr. It's hard to believe he's 53, I believe now. Born in Vider, Texas. Interestingly uh, enough about Vider, Texas, if you look at the country, just the country music stars that have come out of Vider, Vider is a suburb of Beaumont, Texas. But just in Vider, Texas, in that area, you've got Mark Chestnut, Tracy Bird, and Clay Walker all came out of the same town in the same decade, in the same genre of country music. It's very, very interesting. Also home to George Jones. So the very, very deep roots in Bowder, Texas. Um, his father gave him a guitar when he was nine years old, and he immediately uh, took to music. He's entered uh, talent competitions uh, at age 15 around Texas. Uh, when he was 17, he started working uh, a night shift at a local Super 8 motel. He stopped into a local DJ and gave a sample of some of his music. And a DJ told him, says, politics won't allow me to play any songs off the street. You've got to have a recording contract. But the DJ listened to his, to his track and loved it so much, he put his politics aside and played it over the radio. So after, uh, he doesn't get a whole lot of notoriety. However, he starts working at the local Goodyear Tire and Rubber Plant when he's 19. He still wants to be a musician. Uh, he starts playing some of the clubs there in Beaumont. He's found by a guy by the name of James Stroud, who worked for Warner Music Group and Giant Records. Giant Records uh, also had Kenny Rogers in its staple at this time. Giant Records signs Clay Walker to a contract, and his very first single off his self-titled album was What's It To You? What's It To You, right? Um, it became his first number one hit, and it set the tone for three more consecutive number one hits. But uh, very humble beginnings, um, Vider, Texas, rich town. He was in the right place at the right time. Um, in early nineties with country music and, and his talent. Do I tell the story now, Elrod? You can, I'll give you, I'll give you permission to tell it. That's just sidetrack and I'll keep this quick. Um, I went to see Clay Walker a few years ago. Elrod didn't, but I did. Uh, in this very, very intimate setting, it was a charity event. Literally, on, there are literally less than a hundred people there. We were probably five foot away from him when he's on stage playing and he starts taking requests and there's this drunk college age guy in the middle of every song, after every song, after every word Clay Walker said, yells at the top of his lung, what's it to you? Finally, Clay Walker, like I said, this is a small intimate setting, said, Dude, I'm going to sing it. I'm saving it. Chill out. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty funny. <laughs> it wasn't Elrod, was it? No. You know, side note, that was me. Yeah. Um, 
Now he knows. <laughs> Judging by our phone conversation after that show. Yeah, I that wouldn't be. That was definitely not me. Very disappointed that I didn't even know about that concert. That shows you how much of a fan I am, apparently. Well, speaking of what's it to you and uh, Clay Walker, Elrod, tell me some of his uh, some of his top hits. I think that might be one of his bigger, if not biggest hit. But let's run through the list real quick. Yeah. Some of his top hits. That was in 1993. His first number one hit. What's it to you? On that same album, you have Live Until I Die, which the music video was filmed in Rock City, Rome. Um, so Carthage has a little bit of uh, play with Clay Walker. Uh, another number one hit, Dreaming With My Eyes Wide Open. Another great song that came in his second um, album. Uh, if I Can Make a Living, Off of Loving You, 1994, also off his second album, also written by Alan Jackson. A lot of people don't know that, but it, if you know that and you listen to the song, you can hear some Alan Jackson vibes in that song. My favorite Clay Walker song uh, is his fifth number one, This Woman and This Man, also a great music video. And his last number one that he's had so far, he's still active, but it's uh, Rumor Has It. And that was in 1997. That was after his MS diagnosis. Speaking of which, I'll touch on this later on, but I think you need to know this. Clay Walker in 96, 97 was playing basketball. And he began to have some numbness, some facial spasms, and double vision. Didn't really know what it was. He went to see a specialist. He was diagnosed with MS. And in mid-90s, late-90s, not a whole lot was known about MS. But at the time, doctors were given eight years. If you, if you had a diagnosis, eight years was your length of time. So this kind of threw a monkey wrench into his career but however he never missed a show even with his diagnosis he never missed a show and he went on to have hits he hasn't had any more number one since rumor has it but he did have a cover of earl thomas Conley's holding her and loving you uh you're beginning to get to me uh, later on i can't sleep that's another good one a few questions later he had four she was mama uh he has recently went to a different publishing company, a uh, different recording company, and he is putting out an album uh, here in the next month. It's called Texas to Tennessee. He's already put out the first uh, single, uh, Anita Barr sometimes. He debuted this on TikTok. He's trying to be, he was one of the first country music stars to actually embrace TikTok. So that's how uh, it, its song is on the radio now. It's it's on the Billboard country charts. It's at 59. It's rising. So who knows? With with the way TikTok is, there could be a, a seventh number one on the horizon if it if it continues up. So my my burning question is is Clay Walker on the TikTok doing all the TikTok challenges, or is he just singing? He's having some of his fans duet with him. Uh, over the application. It's pretty cool. Um, he, he does that. He, he does covers. He, he does covers of George Jones, uh, uh, Keith Whitley, uh, Garth. I mean, you never know. He's really embraced this. Um, it, it's kind of a, a strategy I've read that he's trying to do, trying to switch it up a little bit to go a different direction than the other people out there. But um, I mean, he's got a huge following on TikTok. 
TikTok right now just because of his covers. So I'm thinking that with the trajectory of this song that he has, he could it, it could be going toward the top here in the next month or so. And it's and, also uh, a really good song. Number two, the uh, this is for both y'all. If y'all, if one of y'all remembers that the the music video in Rome was that at the bridge mm-hmm. and the ferry and all that. Yes, the Rome okay. bridge. I vaguely remember that, and then he said, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's on great. YouTube. Great music video. Uh, a lot of local people are in that video." Are you in it? I'm not. I was, I was three years old or four years old, and that video was filmed. I was a young whippersnapper. You know, if you would have been in that video, that have been a, that would have been an automatic win. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right, automatic win. Hmm. I've been in. What do you the- say, right? I've been in a music video before. I didn't get an automatic win. Nobody watched. People, <laughs> I was in a freaking Motley Crue music video. And it was a Justin Moore music video, but I was in it with Motley Crue. I was about to say Justin Moore. But Motley Crue was there. Oh, yeah. Well, hmm. I've never been on a music video, but I've been on the, the big screen at a wrestling venue with Red. Yeah. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you've been on a real big boat. <laughs> I've been on a real big boat. He stole your thunder. He did. It's all right. All yeah, right. What about, what about Mr. Clint Black? Any any top hits? Anything worth mentioning? Uh, he had a few. Uh, like I said, um, that first album he put out, the first four singles he put out, he was the first country music artist to do it. Uh, went to number one, uh, A Better Man, Killing Time, Nobody's Home, and Walking Away. His fifth single off that album did not quite make it to number one. It only made it to number three. So that was definitely the failure uh, of that first album. But crazily enough, at the end of 1989, uh, Better Man and Killing Time were number one and number two on the year-end country singles charts. Uh, And it had been 36 years up to that point since someone had claimed both the number one and number two spot on the year-end charts. Clint Black did that. Better Man was, like I just said, was number one in 1989. Also off that first album, uh, Nobody's Home, which was one of the later releases, was the number one song at the year end of number nine of 1990. Uh, so he had better man in 89 and nobody's home in 90. Basically he had the top song on the charts for two consecutive years, um, which is something that uh, I'm sure it's been done before, but it's not a very common thing. And all that I just said was off the debut album. Uh, so I'll get more into that in a minute. Of course he has, uh, several more albums come out, some big names that have made it to number one over the years. I uh, won't go over all of them, but but just some highlights. Put Yourself in My Shoes, probably a, a favorite of mine. Um, we Tell Ourselves, When My Ship Comes In, A Bad Goodbye, A Good Run of Bad Luck, uh, which was tied to his, his role in Maverick. Um, that was on that soundtrack, a great song. Uh, Nothing But the Tail Lights. Uh, when I said I do, his duet with his wife. Uh, so he he's had a couple hits uh, in his career. Couple. Wow! Right at the two minute mark. That was that was good. All right. Um, you know, you mentioned um, 
get into a little bit more later with um, some debut album. We're, we're going to go right into that and talk about um, some of these uh, some of these albums. And I feel like both of y'all are going to touch on the same thing because it seems like both of these guys, uh, at least it's what it seems like, that they both came out like guns blazing earlier in their career. But let's talk about um, best album, best albums, whatever you want to whatever you want to say. And uh, I'll keep it with you. Tell me some of the top albums for Clint Black. Sure. Um, and you really summed it up right there that he came out guns blazing. I think he said 12 or 13 studio albums. He, he ran into some lawsuits that he was suing a guy that ended up having uh, a lot of the rights to his songs. He kind of got screwed over early in his career and he had a lawsuit that kind of kind of got to him and messed him up and took him out of it. But before all that came to light, uh, Killing Time, the debut album, which I've already kind of talked about. All five singles released off that album made the top three on the charts. The first four made it to number one. The album, the debut album, reached number one on the album charts. Um, it won 1989 ACM Album of the Year, his very first album. And that album has uh, reached tritinum, triple platinum status. Uh, so it sold a whole lot of copies. Uh, not to be outdone, his second album, Put Yourselves in My Shoes, Put Yourself in My Shoes, also a triple platinum album. Uh, that album did not reach number one on the album charts, but it did reach number two uh, in the country charts and even made it into the top 20 pop charts. Um, crazily enough, which is not something that happened all that often. All four singles he released off that album uh, were top 10 songs. He had two number ones off that album. And an interesting thing you don't see very often, he had a song on that album made the charts that he'd never released as a single. Uh, just based off unsolicited airplay uh, from different DJs, it, he had a song chart that he never released as an album. Uh, his third album, The Hard Way, was a platinum album, reached number two on the charts. All three singles on that album uh, were top four uh, onto the charts. He had one number one off that album. Fourth album, No Time to Kill, also a platinum album, um, reached number two on the charts. All five singles off that album reached the top four, and he had a number one off that album. And that was his second album to have a song chart that he didn't release as a single, uh, just off unsolicited airplay. It's very rare to have that happen, much less have it happen twice. Uh, his fifth album, another platinum album, all five singles reached top four on the country charts, had a number one, uh, and then nothing but the tail lights, platinum album, number four on the album charts. Uh, he had two number ones and a number three off that. And I'll just stop right there for lack of time. Uh, but if you see there, his first six albums went at least platinum. They all six were in the, made it to the top four on the album charts. Uh, with a couple getting the number one, a couple more getting the number two. You said he came out guns blazing, and I, I, when your first six albums all go platinum, that's a pretty good streak to start on. It is. I did not realize he came out uh, that blazing. Um, one thing I do, I noticed from him, he's got this, he's got this stigma with time. It seems like because yeah. it was killing time. Then he's like, there's no time to kill now. Well, No Time so, to Kill was an intentional play on words uh, when naming that album to Killing Time because he blew up and he had no more time to kill. 
Makes sense. Yep. Seems like he's a, a, a he'd come full circle. Yeah. Made it. Exactly. All right, uh, Elrod. Top albums for Mr. Clay Walker. I feel like you're going to be kind of like right here and talk a lot about some of the first ones. Yeah, even more so with Clay Walker. His uh, first self-titled album, Clay Walker, was immediate stardom uh, with three number one uh, hits. Uh, the three that he put out all became number one hits as far as singles. You had What's It To You. Uh, you had uh, uh, Dreaming With My Eyes Wide Open. Uh, one song that I was surprised was is not a Clay Walker number one is a very underrated song, Where Do I Fit in a Picture? It's a very sad song. It's probably his saddest song. Uh, it uh, is also a great – Clay Walker is a master of the music video. It has a great story to it. It did not – it was not a Clay Walker number one. It was a number 11. So you've got three number ones. You've got Where Do I Fit in the Picture? You had another uh, song called – a thing called Love – um, actually, Dream of My Eyes Wide Open was the title track of a movie called A Thing Called Love. So you had that uh, platinum album, um, more than a million copies. So that first album is hard to beat for a, uh, for a guy starting out in the industry. You're going to be hard pressed to find someone that has more success with an initial album than he did. Uh, his sophomore album, If I Can Make a Living, was... Uh, very successful too. It produced two more number one hits, um, This Woman and This Man, and uh, If I Could Make a Living, uh, which uh, I just recently learned was co-written by Alan Jackson. I think I told you that earlier. So five of his six number one hits come from his first two albums. Uh, his fourth album, uh, Rumor Has It, self-titled uh, single, was the number one uh, his third album did not have a number one hit, and that was Hypnotize the Moon. A lot, a lot of people uh, in the music industry did not like his third album. They thought it was very cliche. Uh, it did not have any number one hits. Um, it uh, was not his best work, but he, he did, rumor has it, is a much better uh, album than his third one. Uh, he later uh, had a... Um, Live, Laugh, Love, which came out in 99. A few questions in 2003. Fall, we all, we've heard fall. Uh, she Won't Be Lonely Long, which it, there, I saw an article uh, about this album, this song uh, earlier this month, and it talked about how She Won't Be Lonely Long. It came out in 2010, but it seems like it came out just a year or two ago because radio still plays it. It's still, it, you still hear it every now and then. It, it's truly stood the test of time, so, but you cannot talk about Clay Walker without talking about those first two albums that he put out, especially the first with those three number ones. What, uh, what album did the uh, Before She Was Mama song, do you know that which album? one was on uh, She Won't Be Lonely Long. Uh, that, wow. was, that was a very good album, very underrated it, album. I feel that too. I feel like both of those songs off that album should have gotten more recognition than they did. He should have had a, at least one more number one. They were on the charts. I believe She Won't Be Lonely Long was uh, charted at nine. But that was a pretty big song. That was a big song. Uh, but it, 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 was not, it was not one of his number ones. 
but it, it's a song that has stood the test of time. And before she was mama gives me a Brad Paisley vibe. I don't know why, but it does. Yeah, I can two, see that. Two things. Was she likes it in the morning on that album? I believe it was. That was a very uh, that was a great that was, song, but it the <laughs> the title of it was so provocative. This is going back to that Clay Walker show that he said, "I wish I'd named that thing something else. It might have done better." Because uh, it was a good song, but the title was a little misleading there. And another thing, you talked about where do I fit in the picture? Probably my favorite Clay Walker song. Fun fact: Clay Walker hates that song. <laughs> He gave a reasoning for it, but I don't know why, but somebody requested it at that show I was at, and uh, he was not happy about it, and he kind of complained a little. It was joking, but I'm pretty sure he was telling the truth, um, but he hates that song, oddly enough. I love it, but he hates it. That's a song that broke his streak. He, it's probably why he's so Maybe. upset about it. That might be it. You know what? I'm going to tell you my favorite uh, Clay Walker song right now and that is what's it to you and I'll tell you why because on that song he says I know what love is <laughs> there was also a great scholar by the name of Forrest Forrest Gump that said I'm not a very smart man but I know what love is and that song came out in 93 and Forrest Gump came out in 94 so you think he there's was, something going on there you think he was telegraphing something when or he something said- yeah. I'm, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into that, but I think there's there's a connection somewhere. And it wasn't going to let me be the only one to slip a Forrest Gump reference. So that was true. No, Bennett's slip was a lot better. <laughs> okay, so that that's my only Forrest Gump one, just so we can move past Forrest Gump now. Um, but I had to get one in there. If I got one, I had to get one. It just wouldn't have been a show without a, a Forrest Gump reference. And now it can be. So <clears throat> we've talked about our favorite songs. We've talked about albums, songs. We even talked about intimate concerts and this and that. Now let's get down to the meat and the potatoes. Some this might be where they kind of start to try to separate themselves from one another, and that is any kind of awards or achievements, accomplishments bragging rights basically and Elrod I'll start with you run through a list real quick here of some of the awards and achievements for Clay Walker well this is where I can air some of my uh, grievances about how unfairly Clay Walker has been treated by the AC- ACM and CMAs uh, growing up Clay Walker was 1A and maybe Garth 1B but Clay Walker, in my book, was always ahead of Garth in terms of my personal preference. But he, I always loved when the CMA Awards was on or the, or, or the ACM Awards. I was so mad, though, because Clay Walker never got a fair shake. He was never nominated for anything, even with all these number one hits he was cranking out in the early 90s. Matter of fact, he was only in his, in his entire career, which now spans over 30 years, only been nominated for one ACM award, never nominated for a CMA. Don't quite understand that. He was nominated 94 for top new male vocalist. So think about this. He, he just had three number one hits and he didn't win. He was only nominated. He wasn't even nominated for the CMA award. So he's always got, 
an unfair shake. Uh, he was uh, awarded some lower level awards, but he's never won a CMA or ACM award. But, but there's a silver lining in this minute. He's got something that Tracy Burke, Tracy Burke, that Clint Black, I'll talk more about him in a minute, that Clint Black doesn't have. Clay Walker is inducted into the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame. That's that's big time. That's big time in it right there. So if you want to talk about awards or honors, Clay Walker gets the shaft here because he's not been given a fair shake. And a lot of, one reason that I believe, and I've read this as well, that he has not been nominated for more awards is a lot of people in the industry, especially around that time period, thought he was very cliche. They thought he was just another cowboy uh, that danced, that sh- shook his hips, they didn't really like his style, so they, they, he was shunned, and he continues to be shunned to this day. Wasn't that what most of the male artists were doing in the 90s? You would think, yeah. That's there what was, most of these guys were doing. I could probably sit down and make a list of people that were way more gimmicky than Clay Walker, if we're going to keep it real. But I, I, I absolutely 100% agree with Elrod. I think – He is way, way, way underrated, and I don't know why, you know, he didn't get more recognition, especially, you know, that debut album. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they're smarter than us. I don't know. I doubt it. But All right, right. What about Clinton Black? Is he in the Texas Hall of Fame? I'll get back to that. He's not. But I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but I've kind of gone through these as I've gone along. But uh, he did get love uh, from the award shows, at least early on. Um, like I said, over his career, he's been nominated uh, four times uh, at the Grammys, which some people would say is the mecca of music awards. I have my own personal thoughts on the Grammys, but that's beside the point. Uh, He does have four Grammy nominations, has a Grammy win. uh, So he does have a Grammy award in his home. Uh, The Academy of Country Music Awards absolutely loved him straight out of the gate in 1989. Like I said, uh, he won album of the year. He won single of the year. He won top new male vocalist. He won top male vocalist all at his first award show uh, in 1989. And then in 1999, 10 years later, uh, he won another ACM for vocal event of the year uh, for when I said I do his duet with his wife, Lisa Hartman Black. Uh, The American Music Awards, uh, which is another broad music, not just focused on country music. In 1990, he won Favorite New Country Artist uh, at the AMAs. And then the CMAs didn't give him as much love. They kind of did right out of the gate. Uh, 1989, he won that Horizon Award for Best New Artist, like I discussed earlier, over Shenandoah, Patty Loveless, Keith Whitley. And then the next year, uh, he, in 1990, he won Vocalist of the Year, uh, Male Vocalist of the Year at the CMAs, which is basically the second highest honor you can get uh, at those award shows. And while he is not in the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame, I'll admit that, he's not. 
maybe that's an oversight on their part. Maybe it's because he wasn't born in Texas. He was just raised there. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind that. But what he does have that Clay Walker doesn't have, and he would probably tell Clay Walker he can keep his Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame, is he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame uh, that he got in 1996, was the only the fourth country music singer to ever receive that honor behind the names of Gene Autry, Roy Rogers, and Garth Brooks. Uh, after those three, fourth up, uh, was Clint Black. And while the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame, I'm sure, is quite prestigious, I, I'm not that knowledgeable about it. Maybe it's a whole lot more prestigious than I know of. Uh, I do know that the Hollywood Walk of Fame is a pretty daggum big deal. Oh, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I don't know. Hollywood's kind of crazy these days. I don't know if that's I don't know if I want to let everybody know that I'm Hollywood, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But some people prefer the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame. I don't know. Has a very King of the Hill vibe to it, so I like it. I dig it. That dang old Texas Hall of Fame, man. Damn, woo! <laughs> if you weren't my son, I'd hug you. <laughs> oh gosh, we're getting off track. All right. <laughs> one of my favorite parts you know what my favorite favorite part is real quick before we get back to it and i was actually telling my wife about this like two days ago and she thought i was crazy but there's a scene where hank is grabbing a can of wd-40 okay yeah. and the the cap on the on the top of it is stuck so he pulls a miniature emergency wd-40 can out of his tool belt, sprays the other WD-40 can, <laughs> puts the emergency one back up, and then pops open the original WD-40 can. Nice. Brilliant. Such an Probably one of the guy. greatest uh, moments in animated history. Such an underrated show. Yes, yes. Anywho, getting back on track, this is our last, last topic before we get into our closing arguments. So I'm going to start with, you know, we, we've talked a lot about these guys, but let's try to summarize everything that we've said here in a short two-minute window and tell me what is the legacy of Clint Black. I think the legacy of Clint Black is somebody who – had the potential and was on the trajectory right out of the gate to be one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I mentioned everything that debut album had going for it. Uh, number one, number one single, four number one singles consecutive, his first four. Uh, album of the year, the CMA Horizon Award. Uh, all those things revolving around that first album really took him from obscurity to superstar in probably just a matter of weeks uh, for that album to get some airtime. In 1990, this is how big a deal Clint Black was. The LA Times surveyed country music uh, industry insiders to determine who they expected to sell the most records over the next seven years out of all the country music industry insiders that voted Clint black finished second in that poll 
by two votes. Two votes behind Garth Brooks. That's how hot Clint Black was at the time. What hurt Clint Black and what kind of made him fall off, although his first six albums went platinum, he still had some steam behind him for quite a while. But what hurt him the most, and this is something Elrod kind of talked about with Clay Walker, is he got lumped into a generation where he got lumped in with other people. And there was one... um, there was a Newsweek, a guy wrote about the current country scene. Good song, good voice, hot band. Who cares which one it is this time? He got lumped in with what they called the Nashville hat acts. Acts like Alan Jackson, like Tracy Lawrence, like John Michael Montgomery, who were all so good right there at the same time. And they both, they all wore a hat. They were all relative newcomers. They all had that clean, neo-traditional sound with a pop appeal that they kind of blended together. They didn't stick out. Somebody like Garth Brooks broke away from that pack. People want to make fun of the shirts he wore in the early 90s, but you know what those crazy colored checkered shirts did? They made him different. Uh, And then, of course, his stage show spoke for itself and was what really took him to to – the highest of highs anybody could be, but all those other guys, those really, really good guys, those are big names. Alan Jackson, uh, John Michael Montgomery at that time, Tracy Lawrence at that time, they're all great, all coming out at the same time. They were all so similar that it's something like that that hurts Clint Black uh, in his legacy because he falls into that. And then he has the lawsuit uh, where somebody had basically screwed him over, had the rights to his songs, and he kind of fell off and he dabbled. Country music wasn't all he did. Um, he dabbled in acting. We talked about the movie Maverick he was in. He was on Wings. He had some other small parts. Um, and then he really just got more into songwriting than being the artist. Uh, he, he has his own recording, his own label uh, now. And he kind of wasn't as committed. He, once he started to fall off, it seems like he, and this is speculation on my part, that he wasn't as committed and kind of slipped off. So I think his legacy is he had the potential out of the gate to be one of the biggest to ever do it. But due to a number of circumstances, it kind of faded him off. And I think he faded off to the point that people forget just how dadgum big and how huge Clint Black was, especially in that 89-90 range. Yeah, Clint Black was was a, a huge. And, um, you know, like you said, you know, you've got to find a way. And it, it, I think this applies to any walk of life because everything is so competitive. You have to find a way to make yourself stick out of the crowd. Uh, but, you know, you talked about the legacy – of Clint Black, and there's one thing that you haven't mentioned yet that I was hoping you would mention in Clint Black's legacy. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. What did I forget? It's nothing that you really forget, I don't think, but the legacy of Clint Black and actually is tied to Rut, and I, I don't know if you know, oh, no. but there... <laughs> There is video evidence of a very, very, very young Andy Rutherford, Uh-oh. and he is—he's singing a song. 
and it's put yourself in my shoes. Ooh. By Clint Black. When Clint Black was on top of the world, like right up there with Garth. <laughs> At the very end, Rudd hits the note just like Clint Black. The I'd walk <laughs> right back to me. I was like three or four in that video. We have yeah. to see this. I have to hear it and it, see it. It is lost. It's one it's of the lost. greatest tragedies. I it's in no the idea. same place your Nashville Cats video is at. I don't know that that was ever on video. That's another story for another day. But no, that, that video is lost. But to fit in with what I just said, there are two songs I'm singing. You got to check this out. This is three or four-year-old me. This is stud category probably the hottest ever was in my life with my cowboy hat and my little toy guitar and my toy microphone but there are two songs i sing on that video one is put yourself in my shoes by clint black and the other is um oh it's alan jackson song while you're thinking of it, is this the same video where is it your brother that's recording and he falls and he goes oh <laughs> <laughs> yep that, that's oh man oh what is that alan jackson song daddy won a radio won it 30 years ago oh, oh, oh yeah. jason that neon rainbow yeah but again those were the two songs i'm singing in that video that kind of goes along with the fact that clint black gets kind of bundled in uh with those but yes that video is lost unfortunately but that is that is one of the largest tragedies in the world that i have no idea where that is because i'm sure it would be quite comical to go back and watch now oh yeah all right all right clay walker what would you say is his legacy in in country music well he kind of touched it on this a minute ago he gets locked to the nashville hat scene band too i mean uh tracy lawrence those tots but one thing i mean he was on a very 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 good trajectory during this time four number one hits uh you're 1995 1996 he's got four number ones in his back pocket he just sold a million albums he's only he's he's only rocket going to the moon going to the moon baby however i've i touched on this earlier he's playing pickup basketball he starts having all these symptoms. He kind of brushes it off. He has a game in the Seattle – he, he has a concert at the Seattle Dome. He's about to go on stage. He loves playing his guitar live. He's got his pick. He keeps dropping the pick on the ground, and he can't hold it in his hand. The muscles won't allow him. So what he has to do during the Seattle show is to play his guitar with his fingers because he's terrified that he's going to – be playing the guitar and the, and the pick's going to come out live after this he goes and sees, uh, sees a specialist and he's diagnosed with ms at the time no I, I talked about this earlier not a whole lot was known about the disease what was known at the time it's eight years he, he thought he's gonna have eight years to live he's a young man at the time he's got a newborn child just got married three-month-old daughter he, he was on the top of the world but this news really got to him. But he never missed a show. He, he announced it, but that he had the disease, but he never missed a show. But it did, if, if he was being honest, I think he didn't get as many opportunities in terms of 
songs, those went to other people because they didn't know if he would have to retire. You have all these other people that can sing your songs. He probably didn't get first pick like he would have gotten absent this disease. But what he, what the story of Clay Walker, for what he's done for people with MS, he's formed an organization called Band Against MS. And every time he comes to Nashville and puts on a show, uh, the beneficiary is uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is where he went to get his treatment and uh, his physician was at Vanderbilt. And they've uh, set up an organization that uh, really helps people out that's got this disease. Clay Walker for, for 20 something years has only had one episode with MS, which is crazy. He had all those initial symptoms. He gets put on this medicine and he's had one episode in 27 years. So he's really been able to control it. He's helped other people with the disease. So he is truly the country music ambassador for, uh, to, uh, to hold against this disease. He's also a big golfer too. If you ever watch the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, he's always playing Pebble Beach. He's a very good golfer. Uh, he's always up at the top of the leaderboard of that tournament. So separate and apart from his um, from his performance, from, from uh, he still puts on shows. He's still active. He's still churning out albums. He just signed with a new uh, company. He's uh, so the story is not yet written on Clay Walker. There could be a, a huge revival on the horizon, but uh, his biggest legacy, I think, regardless of what he does in his second act of his career, is going to be his work against MS. Yeah, that's really cool when somebody can take a negative, like uh, being diagnosed with, it don't have to be MS, it could be anything, and you take that negative and you make so much uh, positivity out of it. So that's that's definitely a really cool thing. All right, I don't really have any questions really for the one y'all, so we're going to go ahead and close this thing out. And Elrod, I think you went first, so you've got two minutes to convince me why you think Clay Walker is better than Clint Black? This may come down to just pure preference. I mean, if you look at the numbers, if you look at number one hits, number of albums, number of songs, I mean, Clint Black has it. But Rutt talked about a three-year-old Rutt earlier singing Clint Black songs. I guarantee you I have a picture of me on one of those little horses that you get on and it's a spring horse. I have a Barney t-shirt, a diaper, and a cowboy hat. And I'm singing, live until I die. So I also have a picture out there. Uh, this comes down to preference. Clay Walker, I think his, his success in that two year interval, if you compare that to the, the height of Clint Black, I think Clay Walker comes out ahead a little bit. I think Rutt did a very good job earlier of explaining that both of these people were kind of uh, sandwiched in that mid-90s uh, hat band activity in Nashville. Absent the, if you take the MS away, I think Clay Walker's success might be double. I think he, I think he's given more songs, more quality songs. I think he's uh, he's changed album companies five times in his career. 
if he's just given a support system where he's not constantly changing recording companies, that would have helped too. So I think the, the thing about Clay Walker is it's always going to be this what if about him. You can say the same thing about Clint Black too. But I think if you look at the uh, if you look at his limited success, I think it's I think it's a little bit better than Clint Black, but it's going to come down to preference for you on which one you prefer. Right. Two minutes. Closing argument for Clint Black. You know, I can sit here and say that it's about preference. It's about which one you prefer, and we shouldn't look at anything else. I think that logic looking at this argument is about as full of crap as that diaper probably was while he was singing live until I die, because that's, that's just not true. When you look at, when you say those clay Walker in those two years was as big as Clint black in 89 and 90, there was maybe one person that was as big as Clint black clay Walker. I love clay Walker was very, very good, came out of the gate very, very hot, but it wasn't – he wasn't on the pop charts. He wasn't big enough to get himself on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Clint Black was amongst the top dogs when he came out. He's got the awards. He's got the album sales. He's got all of that to prove it. Now, did he sustain that level of success? No, not from a numbers standpoint, but Garth Brooks is really the only person you could say was as big as Clint Black when Clint Black was at his highest. And some would argue in 89-90, Clint Black may have even been bigger than Garth Brooks uh, for a short period of time there. I will never say that, but some people would. Um, You look at the numbers, you look at the success, you look at the album sales, you look at everything I have covered here and no disrespect at all to Clay Walker, but he was nowhere near as big and he was nowhere near as good as Clint Black was when Clint Black was at his peak. And I want to end you. I want to end my closing argument. I want to end this show with this. Because when Elrod said in that text message that there was no way that that Clint Black was as big and as good as Clay Walker, you look at somebody like Elrod and you think nobody's home. And you think that Elrod should be walking away. Because since this argument started, Elrod has seen nothing but the tail lights because he's been behind this entire race and this is really going to be a bad goodbye for Elrod because he's really on a good run of bad luck when he comes to trying to argue this topic because tonight this argument was definitely killing time and it was on my side because let me tell you what Mr. Bennett and anybody else listening to this if you put yourself in my shoes you would be winning this argument as well over Elrod because I'm walking out of this thing a better man, just like Clint Black was the better man between these two. No disrespect to Clay Walker, all disrespect to Elrod. Clint Black, greater than son, Clay Walker. Bennett, he's been putting this together for five days. That's what he's not (laughs) talking about now. (laughs) 
got to give him an A plus for the effort. It was impressive. I'm very good. What's very it to good. you, Rut? What's it to you? That's how I end the show. I know what Bubba is. Also, want right, to say so. this. This is random and probably an hour too late. But when you came out in your opening argument and used the Clay Walker and the Spice Girls and George and Michael having common, my first thought was they're never going to dance again. And I should have said it out loud, but I didn't. But I thought it was hilarious, and I'm still thinking about it an hour later. And it would have been even funnier if I said it then. But I had to get it in there. <laughs> You know, that's just <laughs> got both. Got both have very, very um, valid arguments on uh, on both ends. Um, I think they're both very good. They're obviously both were very talented, and both of them had a lot of good songs. Even songs that, like, and this is kind of in defense for um, Clay Walker, songs that weren't necessarily number one hits are still really good songs and probably should have been. I agree with Elrod 100% that um, Clay Walker is criminally underrated and uh, especially the cards, you know, that he was dealt and still being able to turn out some pretty good music. Um, even, you know, gosh, 2010 don't seem like 11 years ago. It just seems like two or three years ago, really. That's crazy. But um, for me, one guy had a better career. He had a higher high, I would say, and received a lot more, um, a lot more love from the masses. And the one thing that sticks out to me that really, really just did it in for me is me personally. I don't like rain, and Clint Black says that he never liked the rain. So me and him are on the same wavelength. So. For that reason, and a lot of the other reasons that Rhett's mentioned, I'm going to have to give it to Clint Black. When you look at their total career, I'm not taking anything away from Clay Walker either because, like, you know, before we had this argument, I had them both neck and neck, and obviously I couldn't figure out which one I liked better, so I left it up to you guys. But, Yeah. I'm going to go Clint Black just for the longevity and just because when he was at his high, I remember like 89 and 90. That's when I was – I had the cowboy boots and listened to country music. Clint Black was right up there with Garth, you know, if he could have stayed up there at that. I mean, obviously, he didn't maintain that level of success. It kind of it kind of uh, tapered off a little bit. But, man, he was – he, he got way higher as far as – the success level that he had than Clay Walker did for whatever reason. I don't know. He Clay Walker just kind of got shuffled in like you guys talked about. Clint Black should have got him some bright checkered shirts like Garth Brooks. And then maybe, maybe things would have turned out differently. Um, but, but I will say this. Mark it down today. We're recording on May the 19th, 2021. It is my three-year anniversary. If my wife listens to this, happy anniversary. I love you. Thank you for going to bed while I do this because we've been married three years. Anyway, um, with that said, mark this down. I don't do it often. Props to Mr. Elrod. 
And I say that because this should have been a runaway race as I thought it was when we had that conversation. And I thought Mr. Elrod was going to suffer from severe foot and mouth disease because he was quite adamant at that time. And I won't go into the details of how adamant he was or why he was that adamant, but he was quite adamant when he made that argument. And I thought I was going to come on here tonight and embarrass him. He put up a good fight. He presented it well. He made the case the best he could. It was just a battle he wasn't going to win, but he did all he could. So Elrod, for maybe the third time in 53 episodes, kudos. Always trying to win your approval, right? Always trying to win your approval. And I have, to, question. I have to say, like I said at the beginning, if you ask me right now, who I've listened to more to in the last 10 years, Clay Walker or Clint Black, I've listened to a lot more Clay Walker. I really like Clay Walker. But at the height of his career, there was nobody other than maybe one person touches Clint Black when you talk about the height of their career. Guys, I've got an idea. What we can do is we can take that text message that Elrod sent about Clay Walker and we can turn it into a non-fungible token and make us some money. So if anybody wants to invest in an NFT on uh, Elrod's text message that he sent, hit us up and we'll, we can talk. Uh, we'll get that I going. love it. I like the idea. I like the marketing. Yep, that's what we're going to do. Because the NFT, are, they're big right now. And check this out, people. Crypto crashed today. Big time. Um, your boy lost a lot of money today. Big time. Um, I also took the invest the opportunity to invest more money in it, which may be completely stupid. Don't follow me for investment advice. Um, but now's the time to jump in the market of, of cryptos and non-fungible things. So, yeah, hit us up. We'll work this out. To the moon. To the moon. <laughs> Elrod, stupid text to the moon. <laughs> oh, gosh. We need t-shirts. <laughs> what? We need t-shirts that say that. That's like a bear first t-shirt. Instead of the Dodge coin dog, it's got Elrod with a goofy face and a little rocket. Don't give him any ideas. So, I don't know that they make shirts big enough to get Elrod. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. Might have to make the rocket like that big to make it size appropriate. But anyway, that does it for this week's show. Uh, again, guys, make sure you're, you jump on our Facebook post, jump on our YouTube. Let us know who you think was the bigger one between these two. I know you think it was Clint Black. It's okay. Everybody else does too. But uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what shows you want to hear. Like I said, I had a chat with a listener this weekend uh who told me a show he'd like to hear and we're gonna see what we can do uh to get that done sometime in the very very near future we'll do the same for you just let us know what you want to hear thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll be back next week hopefully on time sorry again this is a day late uh but hopefully next week we will be on time uh don't know what the topic is yet but it'll be something cool so make sure you're here tell your friends to come here make sure you're liking you're subscribing you're commenting whatever platforms you're on youtube whatever 
podcast platform you're on that stuff apparently really helps us um we'd love for you guys to do that uh so check us out bennett elrod any parting words where do i fit in the picture on an old forgotten wall you know we we we've had some laughs and we've at least i know for me i've i've definitely learned a lot um we we've killed some time here tonight and uh, I feel like I can take something from tonight's show. And I don't know about y'all too, but I'm definitely leaving tonight's show. Uh, I'm leaving a better man, honestly. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. When you get a topic like this, let us know. Give us another topic like this. Put yourself in my shoes and help me come out on top again. Uh, for Mr. Bennett, for Mr. Elrod, I am Rut. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to Convince Me. Peace.